scripture reading this morning is 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9. <clears throat> His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. This is God's word. You may be seated. I'm going to ask you to pull out your Bibles as well as the outlines you find in the announcement sheet. You can use the, the outline that's in that announcement sheet to follow along as we go through this message this morning on sending our, our children back to school. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Fathers, we have already expressed our gratitude for the rain that has come upon this parched earth and filled the cracks with moisture, we are even more thankful for the grace that you have provided for us through the cross of Jesus that has rained down upon our parched souls, made that way by sin, our inability at the same time to overcome it, and has filled in those cracks in our soul with mercy and with love and compassion and a great forgiveness. We are grateful, Father, for this life that You have blessed us with. Not just life of breathing and eating and sleeping and working, but a life that has been captured by Your Spirit that generates a, a complete joy wherever we go, Father. And even though we find ourselves uh, at times with tears in our eyes, the joy has not been conquered. And as we study this Word, Father, that, that is before us, we're asking in the name of Jesus that You will give us eyes that see, ears that hear. And we pray, Father, that, that our dedication to Your kingdom, that our dedication to obedience of Your Word, that our dedication to, to fellowshipping with You, Father, will grow and increase and be enlarged and magnified Father, wherever we go. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is an interesting time of the year for a lot of families. 
Children are getting ready to start school, some of them for the very first time, and you feel sad that your baby is growing up. You feel sad because you feel so vulnerable. You close your eyes and that little fella in the Oshkosh jeans is moving into a dorm. And it seemed just like yesterday that he was sleeping in this and now he is sleeping in this. <laughs> but no worries because he really does know where everything is. But leaving home for the first time, whether you are headed off to college or maybe you've enlisted in the military or you've been hired to work out of, time, out of town, it's an interesting, exciting time in your life. And for many of you, it will be the first time that you will be away from home, away from family, away from your church. You'll be making new friends. You'll be facing new challenges. You will be facing new temptations. And if you don't remember much of anything I say this morning, I want you to remember this. You are a disciple of Jesus at all times. Not most of the time. Not some of the time. You are a disciple of Jesus at all times. This is not a time that you lose spiritual momentum. I don't care if you're going to a state college or to the military starting a new career, this is a time for you to shine spiritually. It is a time for your faith to grow and to not diminish. So how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, in the few minutes that we have left in this time of worship, I want to give you five scriptures to memorize and to keep in your heart for the rest of your life. You know, it's become very important, I think, for our church family over the last couple of years to spend this time every year reminding us that we are a church family, but even more so that wherever we go in this time of transition, whether it be off to a, to a college campus somewhere here in the United States, or off to a military career, or off to some job in another place, that we remind ourselves that we are disciples of Jesus that we are disciples of Jesus at all times. Here are five verses that I hope will keep you stay on, the, on that track. The first one is this, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Here is what that verse is telling us to do. Wherever you go and whatever you might be doing, you need to join a, a body of Christ. You need to join a church family. In fact, one of the things you should do even before you leave San Antonio is to have an idea of where you will worship that very first Sunday that you're in that town wherever it is. A lot of cities are like San Antonio. There are a lot of churches to visit. But the main thing is to find one where you can eventually feel connected and a part of that spiritual family. It's going to, at least in the beginning, to feel a little weird because most of you have grown up in this church. You know everybody. Everybody knows you. This is your family, your church family. And you love this church and you feel at home here. You know where all the classrooms are. You know where the bathrooms are located. 
You know where the fountains are. You know every inch of this church facility. You know the faces of the people that, that worship here. And now you're going to be walking into a new building. You're going to be seeing a bunch of new faces. It will feel weird. And it might even feel a little bit scary. It'll be very much different in some ways. But that's okay. That's okay. The more you're there, the more you'll get to know the members and the more you'll feel at home in that church. And every bit as important as it is for you to get to know them, it's important that they get to know you. Remember that Christianity is not a lone wolf religion. The church is a community of people. It's a, a community of people who love Jesus and who in that love for Jesus love and support each other as brothers and sisters. And outside of your physical family, the church is the most important group of people that you're going to be associated with for the rest of your life. And there will be temptations. One of the big temptations you're going to face over the next couple of months is to float in and out of a church, to never commit to being a part of that church family on a regular basis and because you have not committed you don't feel engaged and you don't feel a part of that church family and because you don't feel like a part of that church family in that particular town then the first time you wake up feeling a little tired feeling a little a little groggy that's when you're going to have this little debate in your head where you decide whether or not to get up and to head off to worship and to fellowship and to encouragement, and to singing. And if the members of that church in that town don't mean anything to you because you don't know them, and they don't know you, then you're going to roll over and go back to sleep. And before you know it, you'll wake up on a Sunday morning and realize that you've not been to worship in six or seven weeks. Now listen, I'm not talking about missing one service and it being the end of the world. I do want to press upon you though that a part of whatever it is that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life to do it well and, and, and to do it in a way that maintains your faith in Christ is going to involve meeting with a church family on a weekly basis for worship. You do not go to college successfully, in my eyes, without worship being a part of that. Or going off into the military and serving at, at some base around the world without there being worship as a part of that, that military service or going to find a job or, or already having that job in another part of the state or in another state. So easy to get wrapped up in everything that is new and to forget the things that have taken you to the place that you are right now. What I'm talking about is, is, is taking everything that you've learned and taking everything that you have experienced and loved about this church and to take it to the next place. Because if you wait, if you wait, that gives the devil time. And looking for a church is, is, is 
It means that you look for a church that doesn't just believe the Bible is the Word of God, but tries to live according to God's Word. It's going to be the kind of church that is going to hold you accountable to be, to be obedient to God's Word. That means in the next place, as you leave in the next couple of weeks, get to know that preacher. Get to know that, that preacher. Get to know those elders. Get involved in its ministries. Sit in that auditorium and sing the songs of worship. You find that church family and you engage. First thing, Hebrews 10, join that church family wherever you go. You'll need them and they will need you. Uh, next verse from Ecclesiastes 4, you'll recognize it as one of John Skipworth's favorite scriptures. Verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly what, church? Broken. What the preacher in Ecclesiastes is telling us is that we are to surround ourselves with good people. Someone once said there comes a point in your life when you realize who really matters, those who never did, and those who always will. The Bible, especially in Proverbs, has so much to say about friendships and relationships, their value and their blessing. And when I reference good people, I mean people who are a mirror of your values, people that you trust, people who are not afraid of you because true friends are going to be those people that care enough for you and love you enough and, and are excited about your future enough that they're going to speak those truths, even those hard truths that are hard to hear. They're going to speak those kinds of truths to you because they care for you. How dangerous it is to live a life that is in danger of, of its wheels coming off are getting off of that track and that life not having another soul, another person who in love and in compassion and mercy will say, what's going on in your life that, that, that is, is causing it to go in this direction? These are the things that I see happening in your life. These are red flags that I see in your life. How many times, how many times has a life gone into Complete destruction. Because there was no one there who gave the warning sign. Now while it's true that you don't choose your family, you do choose your friends. And it's incredibly important that you choose well because of the positive or the negative influences that friends can have in your life. And I don't need to tell you that when you get into the wrong group, those people who do not share your values, who do not share your faith, they can drag you down and they can drag you away. And that's not to say that you can't or shouldn't have relationships with, with all kinds of people in the world, but they cannot be the primary influence in your life. And when you're looking for these kinds of good people, you're looking for people who are going to protect you and build you up and challenge you, confront you. They're going to be the kind of people who are going to pull the best out of you. These are the people who are going to keep you on the path to heaven. And a good friend is someone who can see the truth and pain in you even when you're fooling everyone else. And they'll keep you on that good spiritual path. 
join that church family. Surround yourself with good people. And then number three from Psalm 119 verse 9. David writes, How can a young man keep his way pure? It's by living according to what? Your word. Your word. In other words, David is saying there is a way that you can make godly decisions in this life. Godly decisions come from godly thinking. Godly decisions come from godly thinking. If your mind is always in the gutter, if your mind is always entertaining thoughts that are dishonoring to God, if your mind is always full of the kinds of humor that does not, uh, that does not appropriate well with God's Word, then it's going to be difficult to make godly decisions when you're faced at that crossroad. Godly decisions come from godly thinking, and that means keeping focused on the most important thing. And that is different from just making good decisions. By the way, making good decisions is a great thing too. But there's more to making a godly decision than an exercise in disaster avoidance. You have to ask yourself on a continuing basis a couple of questions. Is God honored by this decision that I have made? Is God honored by this behavior that I've decided that I'm going to enter into? Or do people see Christ as beautiful and as great and precious because they have been around me? Sometimes the key is in remembering who you are at all times. You probably know this already, but preachers are not usually invited to bachelor parties. And many, many years ago, back in the 1980s, when I was a young and good-looking preacher and not the older, middle-aged, good-looking preacher that you had before you this morning, I was asked to perform a wedding for a friend at church. I said, yes, thanks for the invite. And he said, by the way, would you like to come to the bachelor party? I was not really asked to a lot of bachelor parties, have never really been to a lot. That's part of the price you pay in being a minister. I said, yes. So we went out to dinner. We're walking along the beach after dinner, when one of the fellows, a disciple of Jesus, a Christian, says, we're all adult men here. It is a bachelor party after all. We have the young ring bearer with us. Why don't we take him back to the house and then we can hit the strip club? We're all adults after all. We can handle it. And some, not all, but some started to say, you know, it sounds pretty good, that strip club. Let's drop the kid off. And I looked at them and I said, and this is why preachers are not invited to bachelor parties, <laughs> fellas, I don't know, but maybe that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. As a Christian, I'm not going. And as Christians... I don't think you ought to go either. It's wrong. And thankfully they agreed. It won't always be that easy. But making good and godly decisions in areas of morality and money and work habits, making godly decisions about the people you hang out with, about your language, who you date or who you do not date, will pay off. 
But you have to remember who you are. And you have to take with you everything, everything that you have ever been taught from God's Word. You take that with you wherever you go and that as a Christian you live according to God's wisdom. It has to be second nature. So I say to you before you leave, every day read your Bible. Every day read your Bible. Every day you pray to God. One more verse out of Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus Himself is speaking here. He said, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, but to serve, to give His life as a ransom for many. As you go to the next place, never, ever forget that you are to serve other people. You serve others. And this is more than anything just a reminder of something that has been drilled into you over the years. I'm not going to spend that much time here. Many of you having grown up in our, our preschool and our elementary and our middle school and youth group and our college group, you know what it means to serve other people in the name of Jesus. Let me remind you to never let inconvenience stand in the way of doing good to anyone in the name of Jesus. And that the temptation will be to be selfish and self-centered. But that kind of life, a selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed life is boring. It is boring and a drag. Serving others is not just good discipleship. It is essential to a successful life. And then the last thing that I'll say to you is this. Out of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The last thing that I will say to you this morning is this. Remember that you're someone's child. Remember, you're someone's child. You're going to be leave, leaving home. You're getting on the road to healthy, responsible adult living. Making your spiritual life and your life of faith your own. And up the road as an adult is becoming a student, becoming this employee with a career, a husband and a wife, a father and a mother. And it's a time of excitement as you're seeing parts of the world that you've never seen before. You're being challenged maybe in ways that you've never been challenged before. And it's exciting because you're making decisions on your own. And it's oh so easy to forget that you're someone's child. That there's somebody that lays awake in the middle of the night praying for you and your health and your safety and your your, your development as a human being. That there's somebody who is worried about you and has been worried about you for the last nearly two decades. Don't forget that you're someone's kid. You never stop being a son or a daughter. You know, as, 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 a, as a child in my family growing up, we were very tight. 
very close, We're always home at, at night for supper together, always helping each other. We had our, our fights and we had our moments where there was stress in the family because whenever you have three teenage boys at the same time under the same roof, there is trouble brewing. But the worst thing that I ever did as a son was to go for long periods of time without calling home. Just to say that I'm okay. Just to say that everything's going right now smoothly. To call home and to say I'm okay to the people in whom, in their eyes, I was one of their treasures. One of three treasures. When you go away, whether it's to college or to a job someplace or the military, call home. Let mom and dad know where you're at, what you're doing. If they ask questions, it's because they want to know. I know it sounds like torture, but it's because they care. You have a family who loves you and who wants to know what's happening in your life. I have friends who, when their children went off to college, I would ask the parents, how's so-and-so doing? Keeping up with their studies. How are they doing? Dating anybody? Is it getting serious? Where are they going to church? How are they healthy? Are they happy? My own kids have gone off to college, have gone to different places. My friends have come up to me and asked, how are they doing? How's Jessica doing? How's that Jordan doing? It's not just your parents, but it's even this church family who has watched you grow up. Some of these women have changed your diapers. A lot of them have taught you the very first Scriptures you ever memorized in the Bible. We have elders who have been shepherds of this congregation for your entire life. You have members of this church family who have gone to just about all of your sporting events. You have men in this congregation who have stood before you for years on end, tolerated you when you were going through difficult stages and awkward, and with patience said, this is what God's Word says to you. You have a family who loves you. A church family who loves you. And as your minister, I ask that you stay in touch. One final thing for the parents and then we're done. You know that, that last couple of minutes right before you drive off from the military gate or as they load up that car and they're heading off to that job at some other place around the state or in another state someplace, sometimes even in a different country. Or as you stand in front of that dorm 
in that parking lot by the car. Mom's crying. Dad wishes he could. The last thing you as parents need to say is this verse out of Proverbs that I have thought about before I have preached every sermon in this place. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Parents, that is what you say to your children. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It's time for us to end. Ben's going to lead us in a song. Our shepherds are going to be down here at the front. There are prayer requests that if you have them, send them to the front during this time on that yellow card. We'll make sure that uh, they're printed in the bulletin. We'll talk about them this morning before we dismiss. But it's also a time if you have never made yourself a disciple of Jesus, that your relationship with God has never been made complete through faith in the work that Christ has done by being transformed from being God's enemy to being His friend and not just a friend, a son and a daughter. Our shepherds would love for that to happen for you this morning. We ask that you come down to the front during the singing of these couple of verses from this next song. We're going to do it while we're standing. That to do it now, let's stand and sing together.